Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 97. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hey, Fire Nation. Are you ready to launch a website? I've created a free step-by-step video that will walk you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com slash blue to find out more and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Okay, let's get started. I am simply overjoyed to introduce my guest today, Charlie Gilkey. Charlie, are you prepared to ignite? I'm always ready to ignite, but yeah, right now, I'm still ready to ignite. (laughs) My man. Charlie helps people and businesses focus on what matters and then executes. His company's website, Productive Flourishing, is one of the top websites on the web for planning, productivity, and team development. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Charlie, but take it from here. Tell us who you are. We want to know about you personally, and then tell us about your business. Alrighty, so I'm Charlie Gilkey. I live in Portland, Oregon, which is both the weirdest and one of the most awesome cities on the planet. And I will say that it was that way before I moved here, just in case it's, you know you think I'm egocentric about that. <laughs> um, so the easiest way to understand me is to imagine three overlapping circles, with one being a military logistics officer, another circle being a trained academic philosopher, and then the third circle being um, someone who's acquired an experiential MBA. Um, I just have learned a lot about starting businesses and growing businesses, not through getting a traditional MBA. And so um, I bring a lot of that to bear in the work that I do with individuals and organizations. And as um, John mentioned earlier, it's really about focusing on what matters and then executing on it. Because, you know, as I get out there and talk to people, we see a lot of people with a lot of ideas and a lot of really great ideas that that stumble and fumble on getting it done. Um, And so that's what we show up and help people do, focusing a lot on planning, productivity, and team development, because that's how we make it happen, folks. So that's me. Did that answer the question, John? That totally answered the question, Charlie. Thank you for taking the time to do that. One thing I love about these interviews is I don't always know everything about my interviewees. And Charlie, I had no idea that you were a military logistics officer. That's something that we have in common. I was actually an armor platoon leader in the U.S. Army, and then I moved over to the transportation corps slash logistics for a couple years. So that's pretty cool stuff. That's very cool stuff, and thank you for your service. We're, you know, we're recording this, what, two days after Veterans Day? Yeah, yeah, right after. So thank you, kind sir, for your service as well. So, Charlie, we're going to move now into our first real topic, which is our success quote, because an entrepreneur on fire, we love getting the motivational ball rolling for this awesome content that you have to share with us today. So what do you have for us, for Fire Nation, for your success quote? All righty. This one's from Malcolm Forbes. And it says, one worthwhile task carried to a successful conclusion is worth half a hundred half-finished tasks. That is a very insightful quote. Now tell me how you actually apply that to your mentality or to your business. Um, the way that I apply that is... Well, I could give you another quote from Lao Tzu. So you're going to get two quotes today, and I, I warned John ahead of time. He did. Uh, that, that this might happen. But there's a line, I think it's from chapter 63 or so of the Tao Te Ching, that it basically says that people were as careful at the end 
as they are in the beginning, then they would never come to failure. But because they are not as um, invested and careful at the end as they are in the beginning, then they fail. And the idea is, is that a lot of times we start a lot of things, but we don't do the thinking, the planning, the work, and the follow-up to takes to actually finish it. And so the way that I apply that both in my life and in my business is, one, to only really start the things that I know I can complete well, and two, as I'm in the process of completing things, to not ride on necessarily what's happened before, but to continually stay vigilant to make sure that we're you know, meeting our success matrix, that we're doing it the most effective way possible, and that really we're showing up with the intention to serve and that we're to get that impact. And so those are the things that guide those actions. So it's not necessarily a hyper-minimalism, which is, which is trending right now, right, to do fewer things and just focus on 100 items and stuff like that. That's not what it's so much about, but it's about that continual conscious um, focus on doing the stuff that matters and doing it well and sticking with the process until it's completed. I love that. And one acronym that I always come back to that really rings true here, and that's FOCUS, which is follow one course until success. And that until success part is what you're talking about, until completion. And so that just really rings true. I love both of those quotes that you shared with us and how you actually apply it to your mentality. That's so meaningful and so insightful. And we're going to use that, Charlie, to transition to our next topic, which is failure. As entrepreneurs, our journey is riddled with failure on every single level. We have obstacles we need to overcome. We face challenges every single day. Share with Entrepreneur on Fire. Take us down to the ground level of a failure that you encountered at some point in your journey of a challenge that you had to overcome and walk us through that. All righty. So I think we are blessed with failures at times and we are blessed with a particular type of failure that I call a defining failure. Something that you did that was so identity shifting and course of action changing that you could not just overwrite it. Um, and the thing about a defining failure is if you understand that you're in the presence of one and you respond with openness and respond with a sense of detachment, um, you can actually define a better new you. And so um, I, if I had to look at the defining failures that I've had in my life, one of the last defining failures um, – didn't come from business, actually. It came from one of my old jobs. I was the assistant director of the ethics center at the, at the university I was teaching. And I gave a really powerful presentation, um, really well-researched. But not only that, it, was, it looked like you know, a TED Talk. And it was an epic failure. Um, it was an epic failure because I completely lost track of who my audience was and what they wanted. And my ability to show up and serve them. And it was so defining in the sense of it woke me up and said, you know what? This is something I was so on fire to do this. I had done all the preparation. I'd spent, you know, six weeks putting this thing together. I was proud of it. But it didn't match the community that I was in. And I knew, you know, and, and this might sound really cocky, but I knew at that time that I was in the wrong community. Um and so that was – that last defining failure is what precipitated me actually leaving academia and starting – well, I had already started Productive Flourishing, but me going all in and building it up because I knew that I could craft the community that would really value 
the in value what I was putting on the table, but I would also value working with that community because we saw enough things the same that we can have meaningful conversations, but we saw enough things differently that there was still a point to talk. Can you share with us the message that you were trying to portray and the specific disconnect that you had with your audience? The specific message that I was trying to convey was actually around applying ethics in all the different classes um, that, that we were teaching. So the audience was made up of faculty from across disciplines. Um, and so we were talking about what ethics was and how to imply more ethics into their classrooms. And, you know, when you're talking to scientists and engineers, getting them to sprinkle more ethics in there, it, it kind of seems like, what's the point of that? Um, and I don't want to pick on them because we had law- lawyers and, um, you know, business um, professors there at the same time. And so, really, um, it was, one, showing the ways in which ethics could be used in their classrooms, but it also didn't apply a lot of the case study methodology, which is used oftentimes in those branches to teach ethics. It's much more than like normative ethics, which is what you would learn from a philosopher about different ways of thinking about ethics versus different case studies to look at and try to find the ethical, you know, um, stuff going on. And again, it was just largely around application, but applying, um, well, in, in the academic community, I would say it was about praxis, um, which is the application of knowledge um, in a very practical way versus theory or just sort of baseline application. And it didn't fit. Um, if you look at – so here's, here's a sneaky secret. I guess since I'm saying this on a public broadcast, it's not a secret. A lot of what we do in Productive Flourishing is cross-purpose philosophy and cross-purpose sort of my military background to come up with this interesting combination um, and useful combination in the world that we live in. And so I knew I had the right approach. Um, I just was in a community that wasn't ready for that approach and it wasn't the right fit. So did that answer the question, John? That totally answered the question. It's actually a perfect lead into our next topic, which is on the other end of the spectrum, Charlie. And that's the aha moment. As entrepreneurs, we absolutely have to deal with failure on many levels, but we also get to deal with these little aha moments every single day that inspire us, that encourage us to move forward or pivot or change directions. Take us back in your journey. At some point, you've had a great aha moment. How did you apply that aha moment and turn it into success? Uh, I've had a, a lot of aha moments. It's, it's interesting. I'm gonna, this is going to be a side note here. Um, as an entrepreneur, it's very important that you celebrate and deconstruct your successes. Um, and the reason I say that is we talk a lot about failures and we try to deconstruct what happened when things go wrong, but we don't do nearly as well um, at looking at what went right and deconstructing and celebrating that. And so your journey as an entrepreneur is going to be filled with a lot of ups and downs. And some of them aren't going to be the defining type failures that I just talked about. They're going to be the more like you tried, you tried an offer out and you had a goal of selling 100 units and you sold 20. Okay, there's a lot to learn there, but it's not really defining in a lot of different ways. But just remember that it's really important that you counteract the negativity bias that we as humans have, but especially that's um, really promulgated throughout our society, and that you celebrate and deconstruct success. Now, um, the aha moment I had actually came in the earlier days of PF, and most of them were accidental. Um, The biggest aha moment I had is when I wrote a post called How Heat Mapping Your Productivity Can Make You More Productive. Um, 
And what I had done here is I had basically used a clock analogy to explain heat mapping, which is a concept of looking at different energy or activities across a different known set of data to apply where important um, insights were happening. But I applied it to productivity and schedules. And to me, I came up with that diagram, and it was a way to explain the concept, but it wasn't really about the diagram, right? Um, and that took off. It took off in a, in a major way. Um, and it was a completely throwaway idea. You know? And as you write and as you produce stuff, what you'll notice is sometimes your throwaway ideas are the things that get the most traction, largely because you haven't attached so much damn attention to it, and you haven't made it harder than it needs to be. But that took off, and so I kind of stayed in that space and played with it a while and developed you know, a few other ideas around there, but that eventually led, led to our very popular um, planners that we have on our website um, because it kept applying those concepts that resonated in different ways that resonated with hyper-creative, proactive leaders, change makers, and creatives. Um, and so, yeah, that was, the, that was the first of a series of major ahas um, that came and, um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Otherwise, I can get list other ahas and we'd go on for a long time. Absolutely. And that was such a great aha moment for a lot of levels because as entrepreneurs, we really sometimes overthink things when really just simplicity wins the day. So thank you for sharing that thought in general. And we're actually going to use that to move into our next topic, which you've already alluded to. And I know we're on the same page because you, you have brushed upon this topic. But the direct question to you, Charlie, is... Have you had an I've made it moment? No. Here's the odd thing, right? The things that we teach are sometimes the harder to accept. Um, I've had plenty of I am making it moments, uh, but not so many I've made it moments. And I'm currently working on a book right now. Maybe when that comes out, um, you know, maybe when that comes out, I'll say I've made it. But I think I'm skeptical about my own personality to say that there will be a a point where I've ever made it. I'll I'll have made a lot of different things, but it, in that grand sense of it's done and over, not so much. Um, I think when we really pursue excellence in our lives and careers, you can't say that I've made it because you know that that tomorrow presents another opportunity for you to hone in and do what you do um, either continue doing it, which is it's itself is a success, right? If you have an epic an epic level of success and you manage to do that over and over again, that itself is pretty huge. Um, or you have the opportunity to take it one step further. Um, so I know I know that sounds like a paradox. On the one hand, really celebrate and deconstruct success, but on the other hand, to wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Yesterday was awesome. Last week was awesome. Today is going to be awesome too. And how am I going to make it so? Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. Ask me in 10 years, ask me in 10, 20 years if I've ever made it. And I might have a different question. But I, you know, I I had a really great career as a military logistics officer. I had a pretty good career, not not excellent career as an academic for reasons that I've just mentioned earlier. Um, and I've done a lot of great things, but I don't know that I've made it in, in that epic sense. Nope. And Charlie, that's why I love this question because every entrepreneur looks at it differently. And for me at Entrepreneur on Fire, it's all about the journey. And in some ways, I've made it denotes that you've reached a destination where in reality, we've never reached that destination until the end. We set these goals and we drive forward 
and we reach these goals and then we just continue to raise the bar in our entrepreneurial minds to that next level to keep driving forward. And for me, it's about celebrating those milestones we're hitting, which is what you're talking about, about deconstructing the successes and appreciating them. And that's so important to appreciate those milestones and those successes because it's part of the journey. And that's what entrepreneurs, we need to learn to celebrate. So I understand completely where your head's at. I'm in the exact same boat. I don't know if I'll ever have an I've made it moment. Because like I said, to me, that kind of denotes the end, where to me, it's more, I'm making it. I like how you phrased it. I'm going to go with it. And we're going to use that to move into our next topic, which is your current business. You have a lot of cool things going on right now at Productive Flourishing. You've talked about a couple of them, but break it down for Fire Nation. Share with us one thing that's really exciting you about your business right now. The thing that's got me the most excited, um, <laughs> John, you could see a trend here. You ask me one thing and I give you five, um, but I'll <laughs> here. Um, the thing that's got me most excited today is the book that I'm working on. And um, the, the working title is Start Finishing, A Guide for Completing the Stuff That Matters. Um, and what excites me about that so much is um, when you look at the journey I've been on the last couple of years with writing you know, different book concepts and getting headways into them and saying, you know what, that wasn't it. Um, and in that journey and looking at this one and saying, you know what, everything is right about this one for me. I'm the right person with the right message, with the right time, so on and so forth. And so, um, that, that's got me super excited because, um, writing a book, you know, I, I've got a, a friend and colleague here in Portland named Todd Satterston who wrote, um, who wrote a, a small book called every book is a startup. And I love the book and I love the concept. I love Todd too. Got to know Todd Satterston. Um, but he's so right in the sense of writing a book as a startup, or to use language that John, that John and I are more familiar with, it's a damn tour duty, right? <laughs> Sign up for it, and it's like three to five years of you messing around with this book. Um, and so when you start to see it come to fruition and start to see all of the wind get beneath your, you know, get behind you rather than in front of you, um, it starts to, get to, to really open up a lot of options for you. So that's the thing that's got me most excited because it not only does it, galvanize a lot of galvanizing and sort of streamline a lot of the content that we already have on productive flourishing it gives me the opportunity slash challenge to go and do some of the hard work and tying them together and coming up with those those concepts that are the bridging concepts that make it all hang together and um as an entrepreneur and especially if you do a lot of content marketing and by the way every business today is a content marketing business so get used to it um as you do more and more content development and marketing, you'll notice that the things that you can be best in the world at can sometimes be the hardest for you to write. Um, and so it turns out for me, writing about planning is incredibly hard to do. I could write about marketing and strategy and things like that for a long time, but actually the process by which you develop plans, not so easy. Um, and so that's that's one of the key things of this book is that um, I'm, I'm really happy to sit to sit down and do the hard work at making um, planning, you know, um, simpler to do, more accessible for a lot of people, but really results driven so that you don't get stuck into over planning land, but you also don't stay stuck in shooting from the hip land. Awesome. Well, Charlie, I look forward to sharing the release date with Fire Nation when that time becomes available because it seems like just a great fit for our listeners, for our audience. So definitely keep me updated on that. Will do. So Charlie, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions. And you come back at us, 
Fire Nation with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? It sounds like a plan. I'll, I'll sound like the – well, let me say. You can ask the question. I'm not so sure about that amazing and mind-blowing answer, but we'll see what works here. <laughs> what was one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Thinking that I had to learn more to start. Um, came from an academic background. And so in that world and, and in the military world, it's the same way. Like you learn before you start doing. Um, and so when I started this again, I don't have an MBA. I had no formal business training. Um, I just had a whole unique set of skills. I'm just sound like Leon Nelson from Taken, right? <laughs> I, I had a unique set of skills that um, I, I used to become an entrepreneur. But what was holding me back was seeing that I didn't need to know more to start. I just needed to start and fix it on the fly. What is the best business advice that you ever received? To think in terms of scalability. Let me explain that because I have a service-based business that also sells products. And a lot of people start with service-based businesses or they start with products, but they don't necessarily have a scale plan in place. And what happens is as businesses grow, this is a line from, from Peter Drucker, and it turns out to be true. For every time you double your revenue, you have to change your capital base. You have to change who your customers are. You have to change who your market base is. You have to change where you're getting money from. You've got to have a scalability plan. And so it might be taking one product and figuring out how to get it to sell 10x. It might be taking one service and determining at which point it can scale and which point it can't, so on and so forth. And so I think um, the best bit of business advice is really around thinking in terms of scale, because when you think in terms of scale, you automatically have to think in terms of strategy. You automatically have to think in terms of marketing. You automatically have to think in terms of operations. And you know you have to think about the financial piece as well, which are the four key dimensions of business. So Charlie, what is something that's working for you or your business right now? laser focus on engaging with the community, engaging with prospects and clients and things like that. I think a lot of times what happens is when our businesses start kind of teetering a little bit or kind of going off course, it's because we've lost focus with the customers and community that we're serving. And so really staying engaged with their needs, their wants, and their journey um, is really what fuels a lot of a lot of our journey. I mean, I approach I approach our business from the perspective of a leader and a teacher. And my particular viewpoints on those is that when you're a leader and a teacher, you're there to serve your, you know, the people that you're leading and, and who are learning from you. And so I think if ever you're having, if ever you're having great success in your business, you can probably track it back to ways in which you're engaging your audience. And if you're ever having some trying times, again, you could track it back to the ways you're engaging with your audience and customers. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Actually, of all things, it's probably GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar. Why I love GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar is, again, um, it's simple a simple way to meet different people and, you know, operating system in specific, whatever, to jump on and have productive meetings and productive conversations with people. And so I think... Um, you know, I like to look at business activities in terms of create, connect, and consume, or basically all of our activities, create, connect, and consume. And too many times we're either stuck in create mode or consume mode, but most of your insights are going to happen from connecting with the right people. And right now, that particular set of software, set of software is really, um, really helpful for our business and team to just jump on and make stuff happen. What business book would you recommend for Fire Nation? It's a hard one. 
But if you're really serious about entrepreneurship, you've got to read Peter Drucker's Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Um, it, it really caps, encapsulates a lot of thinking on entrepreneurial strategy, what makes them work and not work, so on and so forth. You know, it, it's the precursor to things like the innovator's dilemma and um, – oh, there, there's a few other that I can throw in there. But I would definitely start with innovation and entrepreneurship. So, Charlie, this next question is the last one, but it's my favorite. So take your time, digest it, because it's definitely a tricky one. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew nobody. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have right now. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? Find three to five hubs with creative people and talk to them. Because if you do that, you're going to find the framework of what's going on in your world, where the possibilities are, where the challenges are. Um, and you're probably going to not necessarily be stuck in trivialities of how the weather is and so on and so forth. Those are important trivialities, but still. So if I had to start again, um, I, it goes back to a lot of intelligence training, to be honest, is just find the nodes and the hubs where people are and immerse yourself there to learn what's going on and then take your next steps from there. What are some hubs that you can share with Fire Nation? Well, I live in Portland, so I'm going to have to say coffee shops. Um, coffee shops, universities, um, business networking events sometimes. Um, it really depends on the context of where you are um, and a lot of those things. But you can learn a lot by hanging out at a coffee shop. You can learn a lot by hanging out at the social area of your local library. Um, and though you're going to find the people there to talk to that are going to be in the know about different things. And so it's not just necessarily an elitism. I'm not saying, you know, go find the intelligent people. I'm saying find the people that are out there creating the possibilities for tomorrow, wherever they are, and talk to them to see what the current reality is and what the next adjacent possible is. Awesome, Charlie. That is just actionable advice. And you've given us actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, so one parting piece of guidance is this, the core premise of this entire interview is really take something that's really lighting you on fire, something that has meaning and importance to you, and start finishing it. Start working on it, on that thing, and let a lot of the other would've, could've, should've, this might be cools go to focus on completing that one thing. You will be better off for it. Um, so that's my one bit of advice and plugs. I'm always bad at plugs, but um, if you want to really learn more about planning and how to make it work, especially for creatives, change makers, and um, you know, proactive thinkers, definitely check out our planners. We have free versions available at ProductiveFlourishing.com forward slash free planners um, that will get you hooked up and ready to go. Awesome, Charlie. I will link all of this up in the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash 95. Thank you again for your insights, your generous sharing of your knowledge. Fire Nation, we salute you, literally and figuratively, and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Thanks for having me today, John. All right, Fire Nation. Are you pumped up to create a podcast and share your message with the world? Don't let your lack of time, knowledge, or skills hold you back. All you need to do is record an MP3, send it to my team at Entrepreneur on Fire, and we do the rest. It's really that simple. Visit podplatform.com. That's P-O-D 
entrepreneuronfire.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.